Hello everyone, I am coming to you today from not my normal recording place, but from my closet on my cell phone because I just really felt compelled to share this episode with you, to share this conversation with you, and I wanted to record it now while it is fresh in my mind. So we are doing things a little bit differently today, and here is a really raw, candid episode for you. Recently on Instagram, I had asked a question about your thoughts or experiences surrounding different diet and nutrition programs. Um, People have been sharing with me some of their experiences and telling me about different times that they've tried Weight Watchers or Noom or Beachbody or any sort of different program and what their feelings were about it. And there are some really common themes, and I really wanted to share them with you. I'm Steph, if you're new around here. I'm the host of this podcast, and I'm a wellness coach who is really passionate about helping women, especially millennial women, to create healthier diet and lifestyle habits, to create wellness routines that are sustainable, to help them learn how to nourish themselves, and to do all of this from a place of self-love. So I really need you to know before I dive into like the real content of this episode, I need you to know that in no way is this a conversation telling you that you were wrong for having tried any of these programs. So many people have, and that's a totally reasonable thing to do because you have goals. You have goals related to your health and well-being, and when we have goals, we look for solutions. And there are a lot of programs out there that are simply trying to offer us solutions. But you are also not alone if you feel like these solutions that they've offered you have left you feeling frustrated or defeated or have somehow damaged your relationship surrounding the idea of food and nutrition. Some of the comments that I had coming in around this topic were things like, um, here's one quote, continual tracking, counting, and weighing myself made me hate my body. Okay, that's not the outcome you were looking for probably when you were looking for a solution to one of your health goals. Um, another comment said that the programs I've tried aren't sustainable. So if you've ever felt like you've um, started a, one of these programs or, or any of the spectrum of programs and it wasn't something you could stick with, then that probably feels like a problem, right? And we're going to address that in today's episode and then give some kind of alternatives to short-term quick-fix programs. Another comment that I had, um, which really, really landed with me and resonated with me, was this one. She said, I've tried so much, but never does anyone help you with mindset. That makes sense, though, because if you change someone's mindset, then they don't need your product. And I thought that was so powerful. Isn't that the case? That mostly what we're given when we engage in um, a diet or nutrition program, most of the time what we're given is something to follow for a certain amount of time. It has a starting time. It has an ending time. And then when that thing ends, we're kind of left high and dry. Like, what do we do now? And so we start to think, well, maybe I should do it again, or maybe I should do something else like this or see what else they have to offer. And we continue kind of the the program and diet dieting cycle. And that's what um, I think is leaving a lot of women, especially women, but men too, I guess, but mostly women is who I hear from or talk to, um, leave them feeling like they're in this continual cycle of tracking and counting and weighing that takes the fun 
out of food that makes the relationship with food feel stressful um, and makes them feel kind of like they're failing at these plans or programs because they have to keep doing things over and over again. I don't know if any of this is resonating with you listening to this. I would love to hear from you at any point when this when you finish listening to this or anything, to send me a message on Instagram or an email, Steph at BeWellWithSteph.com. I'd love to hear more of your experiences. I think that these themes are so common across the board um, because all of the programs we've been talking about or mentioning are designed for weight loss. And in order to be able to make you a promise that if you do this program, you will have results. If you do this program, you will lose weight. You'll, you'll meet that goal that you were looking for. In order to make you that promise, they have to make the plan restrictive. They have to ensure that they're going to be putting you into a calorie deficit in order for you to lose weight. So it makes sense that these programs don't feel sustainable because they've made you a pretty hefty promise in order to get you to purchase their program, and they've got to follow through. The issue that we all see is that as soon as you stop, as soon as the restriction is too much, or as soon as you genuinely need more food, or you go to um, a party or on vacation and the norms are different from the meal plan, or as soon as, you know, it's a 21-day program and as soon as the 21 days are over, during the time of doing any of these programs or plans, you haven't actually created any habits. There hasn't been uh, psychological habit change or behavior change. You haven't created anything sustainable. So we usually fall back into whatever we were doing before the plan or the program because that's the thing that is the habit. And if weight loss was your goal, the weight comes back, you feel crappy, etc. It's because these plans are about weight loss. They're not about health gain. I think we need to make a mental shift from weight loss to health gain. It is when you, I really believe it is when you begin to focus on health gain that things start to shift for you in your wellness journey and in your relationship with food. It's when you're focusing on health gain over weight loss. Uh, most of the time, if your body is not sitting at like what you think is a, a comfortable weight for you, if you're not at a comfy weight and that is why you are exploring different um, diet or nutrition programs, once you start to prioritize health and you start to create real sustainable habit change, your body does settle into what feels more comfortable. It does settle into a more comfortable weight that it was designed to be through these um, healthier habits. It's just not a quick fix. So I am not here today to promise you a quick fix. I'm not here to promise you. I'm going to share with you like kind of three things to start doing, to start thinking about doing. I'm not promising you that you're going to get a quick fix when you do these things, but I think we've been there. I think we're done with quick fixes, right? We've been there, done that, tried it, and we are here because we are ready to move on to a lifestyle that makes us feel well. So that's what we're going to talk about for the rest of this episode is ways that we can use food to feel well, ways we can start to shift our perspective around nutrition and diet. Because I know that there's a little problem that sometimes when I say nutrition, our brain quickly equates that to diet. So when I start to talk about nutrition, you're like, oh, she's going to tell me the next diet plan I should try or what are the next diet rules and I don't want to think about or do any of this. 
it's not about dieting. It is about health gain. It is about nourishing ourselves well. Nutrition does not have to equate to restriction or rules. Nutrition can equate to food freedom. So I like to approach this from an idea or a perspective of food freedom with a quick, um, quick disclaimer that the phrase food freedom is not the, is not saying food free for all. Okay, so sometimes people get the impression that if we're not dieting, if we're anti-diet or anti-diet culture, that that means we have no guidelines and we can eat whatever we want and that's the mindset. That's not it. That would still be very black and white thinking, right? And you know if you've been hanging around here a bit that I am cozy in the gray area. Food freedom does not mean that we don't care. Food freedom means that maybe we care a little bit differently, from my perspective, and this is purely what I'm sharing with you today, is my perspective and my approach, the approach that I use, um, have, have learned throughout my own life and the one that I use now with clients and I see them using successfully. And from my perspective, the goal of food freedom is to be in control of your choices, to have the freedom to enjoy food, to enjoy your own choices to feel good about the food choices that you make without having thoughts of food consume you, without being stressed out by food, or without lacking control around it. If you hear any weird background noises, it's because, again, I said I'm recording this sitting on the floor in my closet and my dog Chacha has climbed up onto my lap and she's probably going to start snoring soon. So if you hear those noises, it's just Chacha I'm also enjoying the discussion with us. But Yeah, so from my perspective, the goal of food freedom is to simply be in control of your food choices without letting food control you, without stress, um, without feeling kind of out of control or um, frustrated by the idea of nourishing yourself, but just to simply like enjoy food for what it is, the stuff that fuels our body, the stuff that is part of our traditions and our celebrations, the stuff we like and don't like, it's all food. So I was thinking about really like, how does this show up in my life, right? How would I explain food freedom in my life? And I've been thinking about this a lot in light of our our conversations. Mm -hmm. And I think what I would use to explain food freedom right now Mm -hmm. is the idea that last week I ordered um, cookies Mm -hmm. for an event, for a self-love event that we had here at my wellness center. And I ordered cookies from a plant-based baker, um, a vegan baker. They're not by any means, they're not a health food. They're still a a cookie, right? So it's vegan butter, it's sugar, they're red velvet cookies Mm -hmm. and red velvet is like my favorite, favorite. So we had a few of these leftover from the event. And the first night or whatever after it, I had eaten one or two. The next day I ate one. And then I realized a couple days ago that I still had two of these cookies sitting in my refrigerator. They weren't hidden. They weren't in the freezer. They weren't wrapped. They were sitting in plain view in my refrigerator. And I hadn't eaten them. And I was like, huh. Old Stephanie of a little while back wouldn't have been able to let them sit there. Uh, Those cookies would have haunted me. I would have been immediately either eating them until they were gone or avoiding them but thinking about them and so stressed out. And for me, the fact that two of my favorite cookies sat on the shelf in my refrigerator 
and weren't calling my name all day long felt like food freedom. And since then, since remembering them, I have eaten one and I thoroughly enjoyed it. It was delicious. And I haven't gone back for the next one yet. I probably will today. But I'm in control of when I make those choices. And when I make them, I love them. That to me is food freedom. Um, Similar example, I'm a big potato chip fan. Big, big potato chip girl. I have had a bag of potato chips open in my cupboard for uh, probably a couple weeks. I'm not even confident if they're good anymore. Um, And I haven't been craving them. I haven't gone for them. I see them when I open the pantry. I know that they're in there, but I haven't really like wanted them. I have a feeling that maybe I will want them, you know, this weekend if we're like doing something that's fun and sometimes we associate fun food with doing fun stuff. Maybe I will want them. Maybe I won't. But to me, the fact that those cravings are not controlling me, that I didn't eat the bag from start to finish, that I didn't hide the bag to try not to see it, the fact that those foods, chips, cookies, are equally accessible to me as more nutritious food, and that I'm in control of when I make those food choices, feels like freedom, you guys. And this is not the girl that I always was. This is probably not the girl that I was a year ago. And sometimes we are not in as much control. Like sometimes we are stressed. Sometimes we are hormonal. Sometimes, like I said, it's a fun it's a fun occasion and we often associate celebrations and fun occasions with food, you know. So sometimes this level of control ebbs and flows. But to know that in my day-to-day life when I'm making choices, I have more control around these super like fun, delicious foods feels like freedom to me. And so when I eat those things, then I make that choice from, I don't know, let me, so when I eat those things, I make that choice on my own because I want it. But it doesn't happen all the time because most of the time, mostly when I'm thinking about eating and thinking about meals, I'm thinking about what's going to make me feel good. What's going to make me feel like I'm thriving, like I'm hydrated and energized, that I'm satisfied and happy. And a lot of times during the week, that is fresh fruits and vegetables, veggie wraps, oatmeal, salad, granola, smoothies, stir fries, you know, my favorite foods. But sometimes it's quesadillas, you know, sometimes it's takeout. And I make the choices that I make to eat from a place of love for my body from a place of love for the work that my body does and has to do. And when you make your choices from a place of love, there is no room for guilt or fear. You're making that choice out of love. You're not making, I'm not making food choices anymore out of guilt or out of fear. I'm making them out of love and respect for me and my body. That's food freedom. And that's the alternative that I want to offer you the alternative to diet plans and nutrition programs is creating um, creating patterns in your life and in your lifestyle where you are able to enjoy food, feel comfortable about it, be in control of it, and not be stressed about the measuring, the counting, the weighing, the portioning, and the plans. Those things are going out the window, you guys. And I'm going to offer you now um, kind of like three Three ideas for getting started toward food freedom. This is a journey, okay? This is a process. 
it, it's been a, a years in the making for me. And this is why I'm telling you this. We're not talking quick fixes anymore. We are talking long-term patterns and feeling good, okay? So I'm going to offer you today three ideas for how to begin food freedom for yourself, okay? Idea number one, we're going to keep that word nourish in the forefront of our minds. I want you to keep the word nourish in the forefront of your mind. Maybe say it to yourself right now. Maybe write it down somewhere that you can see it, maybe on your refrigerator, nourish. I'm going to choose foods that nourish me. Some foods nourish us better than others. Okay. My, um, my cookie is probably not nourishing me as well as the hummus veggie wrap is. Okay. Those foods have different roles and, and different kind of jobs in our minds and in our bodies. For the most part, I'm going to make food choices that nourish me. That's my priority. So when creating meals, I might be thinking, how can I add a little more nourishment to this? That might come in thinking about, is this a nourishing thing to eat? Because does it have um, all those macronutrients? Does it have carbs and fats and proteins? Does it have any micronutrients? And those are our vitamins and minerals. So um, usually that's a good indicator of that is color. So as I'm making food choices, as we're putting, you're putting together your meals, maybe thinking, is this going to give me some nourishment? If mostly what I've picked is carbs, then can I add a little fat or protein that's going to keep me energized longer? If I have um, fats or proteins covered, can I add a little bit of color? Can I add some things I know are going to serve my body? Maybe they're you know, water-rich things that are going to make me hydrated or whatever it is. It's thinking about food from a position of nourishment. Nourishment. In order to nourish, we need to eat abundantly. We can eat in variety. We have to eat like a lot of different foods that are rich in different nutrients. So the first idea for food freedom is keeping the word nourish in the forefront of your mind. We're going to come back to this in a second. The second thing, and I think this is a really, really important one, is to take your fun foods or your favorite foods off whatever pedestal they're currently sitting on. You don't need to earn your favorite foods. You do not need to win fun foods. You don't have to achieve dessert, okay? We're going to take fun foods and our favorite foods off the pedestal and put them back into perspective among the big spectrum of foods. So foods can be more fun or less fun to you. They can be more nourishing or less nourishing to your body. It's all kind of like a sliding scale. And when we put our favorite fun foods, so think of my examples of like chips or cookies. If we put our favorite fun foods on this like magical pedestal, where they are super fun and different from all the other foods we eat, then we are are thinking about them, right? We're thinking about them like a prize, like an achievement, like an end result or something that we have to earn in order to get to them. And that is not really a fair position to put ourselves in or to put that food in. If you say you have like, um, I don't know, think about the idea of dessert or chocolate or whatever it is that you really enjoy and you think about as like a nighttime treat. If you wait all day long thinking about that nighttime treat, I bet the rest of the things you eat all day are not as satisfying. If you're like waiting for Friday, right? If you're thinking, 
oh, I'm going to eat so well all week. I'm going to eat super clean all week. And then I'm going to go out on Friday. When Friday comes, you're probably not going to be as in control of your food choices or feel like have your body feel as good and nourished by your choices as you did all week long. So it kind of keeping our fun foods or favorite foods on this pedestal takes control away from us, puts control on the food. It makes the rest of our food less like satiating or less satisfying because we're thinking about that other more desirable thing. So instead, if we were able, like I have um, a granola right now that has little chocolate chips in it. Can I tell you how satisfying it is to have like five chocolate chips (laughs) in my granola? It's delicious. It tastes good. It is not ruining anything in my day, um, except it's giving me a little bit of joy and satisfaction. And I haven't, like I said, been eating cookies. I'm in control of the food choice and I can eat that food whenever I want to. And when you have the power to say, I can eat that food whenever I want to, and I'm choosing to eat it at a time that feels right for me, that's like so powerful and empowering. Kind of along these lines of taking your fun or favorite foods off the pedestal is I want to address quickly the idea of um, cheat meals or cheat days because it's still something I hear about often and I know it's still a part of a lot of diet plans or programs and it's kind of like the wait for Friday idea, right? Is if we're going to eat what people might say really clean or eat really well all week long and Saturday is going to be my cheat day. Well, on Saturday, I bet you, you go haywire then. It's like no rules anymore, right? No rules, no guidelines, no whatever. I'm going to eat whatever I want on Saturday. You're throwing your body for a loop when you do this, right? You're changing what your body has to digest and process throughout the week. You may have a lot less control when you're on that like cheat day, you're on that Saturday. And instead of just making like a small choice that is fun and delicious and still keeps your body feeling good, you might order everything, right? We've got the burgers and the fries and the beers and the dessert. And suddenly we have um, way overdone what we might have done if we were in more control. Hope this is making sense to you. I I like to compare it cheat, like a cheat day to, um, the idea of cheating. So if our objective is to have a healthy relationship with food through all of this, if our relationship is to develop a good relationship with food, then we can't cheat because when we're developing healthy relationships, there's no cheating. We don't say, I have a healthy relationship all week except for Saturdays right? That would never fly. There would never be a healthy relationship that in, that involved cheating. I really believe the same thing when it comes to um, our mindset around eating fun foods. You are not cheating on your diet because that's not a healthy thing to do. Instead, what you're doing is enjoying some of your favorite or fun foods when it feels good or right to you. It's just a a little mindset shift here, but it's where we're thinking of foods not as guilty pleasures, not as cheats, not as rewards, not as treats, but just simply as fun things or things that we enjoy. 
And then putting those into our life where it makes us feel good and where it feels appropriate and healthy and helpful, not where it's going to lead to feelings of guilt or overindulgence or cheating. Okay, so that second point there is to take those fun or favorite foods off whatever fancy pedestal they're on because you don't need to earn or win fun foods. The third uh, suggestion I want to offer you is really um, tactical, a strategy tip, and that is to eat more sooner. Coming out of diet culture, this can be a tough idea because the mentality for a long time for a lot of us has been, um, how little can I get away with eating, right? It's thinking when we're when we're having weight loss goals or when we think we're trying to eat healthier, there's often this idea in our head of like, oh, I didn't, I didn't need the extra, so I did better. Or I was able to eat a little bit less. I was able to have one piece of toast instead of two for breakfast, so I'm doing better, right? And so we want to come away from this idea of how little can I get away with eating and go back to tip number one, which was nourish, We are here to nourish our bodies. So when we eat more sooner, we are more in control of our food choices later. When we eat early, we have energy. We use that energy. Maybe we have the energy to do a project around the house or to go for a walk or to play with the kids or go to the gym because we've been fueling our body and nourishing it and we have more energy. When I say we're in control of our food choices later, I mean you all know what it feels like to hit like three o'clock in the afternoon and to realize that you haven't eaten enough during the day and you're suddenly starving and looking for whatever snacks are in the fridge or the pantry. When you are eating more during the, the morning and the afternoon, you don't get to that point. You don't get to after like three o'clock and be like, I'm ravenous and out of control. You've been in control all day by nourishing your body. So you are much more likely to make choices um, in the afternoon and evening that feel good to you when you've been satisfied and nourished all day long. Um, Along these lines of eating more sooner is snacks are okay. If snacks feel good to you and they help you to stay satisfied and in control of your eating, then go for it. An afternoon snack doesn't ruin your dinner. You don't, you know, eating something at four o'clock does not ruin your dinner. It puts you more in control of the dinner choices you're about to make. It honors your hunger cues. It gets you listening to your body and it helps you, you know, if I love, I don't know, like um, veggies and hummus is like always what I would gravitate toward in the afternoon. Like, okay, when I was hungry, I gave myself vegetables and bean dip. How wonderful. How wonderful to honor your body with nutritious foods when it's first asking for them instead of telling it, wait, you're fine, have a cup of coffee, have a cup of tea, and getting to dinner and just being starving or not wanting the more nutritious choices, more nourishing choices. Um, You don't need to eat a smaller lunch. Again, you don't need to be thinking of how little you can get away with. You don't need to skip breakfast. Coffee is not breakfast. Um, Yes, intermittent fasting is skipping breakfast. You don't need to skip meals in order to have good health or good nourishment. You need to eat more sooner in your day. So we are going to focus on nourishing ourselves early, fueling our body and giving it energy, and allowing ourselves to be more in control then of what we eat throughout the rest of the day.
So as a little recap, those three tips for getting started on your food freedom here are keeping the word nourish in the forefront of your mind and thinking about how your food choices add to your nourishment of taking the fun foods and the favorite foods off the pedestal and looking at your food selection at large in order to think, how can I make choices that are going to nourish me and feel satisfying and feel fun? And the last one, to eat more sooner in the day, to proactively fuel and nourish your body so that you have the energy and that you have more control. I really hope that this episode Although it's a little more informal than what I usually do, I just hope that it can offer you some reassurance that if you have, you've never failed. Okay. This is meant to offer you reassurance that you have never failed at any diets or programs. Those diets or programs have failed to care for you. And this is about caring for you. And just so fortunate to know now that there is another way and that this other way feels pretty darn good. I am right now accepting um, one-on-one clients into my new wellness lifestyle coaching program. If you want to work through this idea of breaking away from diet culture and heading toward a healthy relationship with food together with nourishment and self-love, I am here to do that one-on-one with you really in a transformative process if that speaks to you. I also have available... um, a monthly membership program where we explore all different kinds of wellness and nutrition topics through videos and a discussion forum and easy recipes, stuff like that. So there's a monthly membership option if you're interested in hanging out with us. That's called Be Well Together. And if you just want to chat, if you just want to share your experiences with this share your goals, and see how what I offer might be a good fit for you and your wellness journey, then let's start there. Let's set that up. That's free. It's just a discovery call. So all the links for these things, wellness, lifestyle, coaching, monthly membership, and discovery calls will be in the show notes. But if it's easier, you just send me a DM on Instagram, Be Well With Stuff. Send me an email, stuff at bewellwithstuff.com, and I will help you get the ball rolling. Food freedom and a wellness lifestyle are within your reach. And you are worthy of those things. You are worthy of food freedom and of living a healthy lifestyle. And you are capable of creating that lifestyle and making it a lifestyle that you love. Till next time, friends. Be well.